0: Anyway, over over to you, Suzanne. Over to me? Yeah. Oh, all right. Am I starting this time around? Well, you do, you do the proper intro or proper like... You sing the theme music. I, I
1: occasionally sing the theme music, but it's never supposed to get broadcast, and then sometimes it does. Of course it does. You get to edit. Of course it gets broadcast. <laughs> anyway, I don't need to sing the, the, the theme tune because we've we've got it all recorded and ready to go. So I can put it in here if you like. Here's good. Okay. There okay. Okay.
0: Go there. It's gonna go there. Right there. Right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where that gap was. That one right at the beginning. Ding
1: ding. B- b- yeah. That gap. Yeah. Is it big enough? Yeah. Be fine. We'll stretch it out. Yeah. Yeah. Can we do that? Do all sorts. It's it's like magic. Anyway, that's more than enough time for the theme music. So you carry on because you do the introduction and thing <laughs> And I always and I always get it, things the wrong way around. You do not. Sometimes.
0: Get off.
1: Anyway, we're doing a Frithcast. We
0: are. Is it is it in sequence or is it out of sequence? It's an out of sequence. It's an, out of sequence. an extra special episode of Frithcast. And you are about to explain why. I am. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome around the virtual camp for for a very, very special episode of Frithcast. You will notice this one is out of our normal sequence. You will notice that it does not have a number of its very own. It is, in fact, a very extra. Extra. So very so extra. So very extra. So very extra episode of Fritz <laughs> Stop laughing. You can put me off. <laughs> yeah, haven't encountered this before. Boy, are you in for some random stuff. But if you need to know who we are, we can do some brief introductions. I am Suzanne Martin. I'm half your presenting team here at Frithcast <laughs> in the virtual clearing. You're at least three quarters of it. <laughs> at the best of times. <laughs> oh, no. um, I'm half of it in a breath mint. I'll okay, do that. I'll go that high. Yeah. And yeah I'd like to introduce you to the other half of the presenting team. thats that would be me
1: I'm Kate I'm I'm some ramshackle um hanger-on that happens to live here and I just join in because what else am I gonna do? what hear the shock silence you, you, you I, I, I actually don't know where I'm going with that no. <laughs>
0: I'll edit that out. It will not. (laughs) (laughs) Stumped. Lovely listeners, you join us around the virtual campfire for a very special episode of Frithcast. We have a very, very special guest with us today to talk about something we think is pretty awesome. And we're very much looking forward to this chat. So, We'd like to introduce to all of you lovely listeners around the world, we have author Kat Rector with us today. She is the author of the upcoming book, The Goddess of Nothing at All. Full disclosure, the first time I read this book, I read it in about a day and a bit flat because I couldn't put it down and I found it utterly amazing to read through and i have read it a number of times since you were entranced i was very thoroughly like a very very good storyteller on a winter's night where you end up losing track of time and you lose sense of self and you are wholly present in the book that's where i went the first time i read this sounds good it yeah it was very very good so i'm really really pleased to welcome Kat around the virtual campfire with us today hello and welcome around the virtual campfire Cat. would you like a marshmallow you might have to fight Kate for them
2: well I can certainly fight you for them I do love a good marshmallow and a good campfire so <laughs> Duke's I'm up
0: to the notion <laughs> <laughs> I would be too greeny to offer out marshmallows to our guests it is known that you guard your marshmallows. I guard the last few. Yeah, most of the packet. Get more
1: fearsome as the evening goes on. I know, I know.
0: Carry on. <laughs> so when I first read your work through, obviously it's very much based in Norse myth and it very much gave me a, a, a huge opportunity for theological reflection, for deepening my th- faith through reflective cycles. And yeah, it kind of spun me off in some very different directions. It's the goddess of nothing at all. It's Norse myth inspired. It is very, very queer in the retelling of the characters and the things that they go through. This this episode is I am going to do my best to make it a spoiler-free episode, even though I am very, very tempted to tell you all the things, I can't well, do I'm, it just yet. I'm sure
1: we still have the power of editing, so I'm sure we if do. if Kat wants to highlight anything that you yes. let slip that you shouldn't, we can always take it. We can test.
0: put like little owl noises in or Yeah. Cow noises or cowbells or something in there to just hide all the the spoilery parts if i manage to get all excited and just go off on one completely that would be great so cat when you were writing the goddess of nothing at all i can appreciate that a, a book takes a very very long time to write from the detail that is in the book I have read through things like uh the myth cycle stories read about the characters in norse myth so did you have a myth-cycle story or a myth character that you wanted to include in The Goddess of Nothing at all, but you didn't end up using in the book itself?
2: I had several. While a good portion of the myths do make it into the book, uh, there are some that don't, strictly because when I had started writing, I thought that the most important thing was to include every single detail I could find. But it turns out that for plot reasons, that doesn't make the best read for, Mm. you know, like the average reader. So I ended up having to um, take out the story of Freya's necklace and the stealing of the necklace and kind of set it as backstory. I had originally Mm -hmm. written the whole thing, the whole conflict, and had to tear it all out from one of the drafts because it just the book is long enough <laughs> among other things <laughs> and it did serve as a great backdrop for all of these characters to have pre-existing feelings about each other complicated mm-hmm. feelings
0: <laughs> yeah that's fair to say that it's complicated I, 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 <laughs> that,
1: that certainly seems consistent with what i know of the myth cycle yeah <laughs>
0: Um, so which there are a number of of characters that being heathen are instantly recognizable to me from myth, but some of them have some very new aspects to them uh, which was your own favorite character to write scenes with?
2: It's really easy um because uh, Loki has the biggest attitude out of everyone there, and <laughs> was often the most fun to write because you get to explore all of these different scenes from a very outgoing, very brazen attitude. And not only was it like interesting to write from the character perspective, but it was also interesting for me because I'm a typically a very by-the-rules control freak. So it -hmm. really allowed me to kind of get out of my own skin and to take more chances and to kind of live vicariously through that. And then eventually that kind of like seeped out into my real life. And so I kind of, I I owe a lot of things to getting to explore Loki from the inside out.
0: Wow. And then yeah, knowing how long a, a book takes to write sort of from first idea through first draft, through all of the drafts that come after it, that's living with Loki for a very long time.
2: Yes. Yes, it is.
0: it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's courageous if nothing else. It, yes, <laughs> it's a heck of a ride, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been really nice to kind of um, wear most of my typical traits. I mean, I think with most offer- authors, they end up putting themselves into different characters and little little pieces everywhere, and a lot of my traits don't at all line up with (laughs) with that kind of outgoing attitude and being able to expand on that for myself was really interesting.
0: The book almost gave you um, a, a channel to be able to explore that and draw it into you in here rather than putting yourself into the book, it kind of came into you instead.
2: Yeah, yeah it really did and I have a a deep love for banter and getting to kind of like take a lot of my, the, the media that I've, I've consumed in the past, that's very banter heavy, like Buffy the vampire slayer and get it to kind of write it into characters that adore these moments of like getting, getting to verbally fight back and forth with other people, whether it's for fun or not. Mm. it was, it was, Along several years yes but getting to spend it that way with with entertaining dialogue is really a great way to spend my time I think
0: it's fair to say that there is uh, in Smith in general there is a fairly big cast of characters and people objects places and in your book there is there are quite a, a large there's quite a large cast in there if that Uh, makes sense so if you could meet anybody from Norsmith and maybe sit down with them around a campfire with a marshmallow or two and a cuppa and have a chat is there you know who would you choose and why that person maybe what might you sort of consider in your decision about who to pick for that kind of an evening or a few hours
2: It depends on the purpose, I think, because if I want to hang out with someone who is calm and, you know, the kind of person you really would want to spend time with, that's going to be drama free and it's just going to be a nice evening. Probably I'm going to say like Eden, because Mm she has got that very chill vibe. She, you know, you're probably going to get fed while you're there, have a few drinks, have a good laugh. But if we're talking about getting answers, like if I could sit down with either Sigyn or Loki or anyone from the family and just kind of like figure out how much of what I've written is complete nonsense or not, like <laughs> answers, is, answers is where the book started and I would not pass up that opportunity.
0: Mm, yeah, I think Yeah, an evening spent in their company would be one that you probably wouldn't end up forgetting for a very, very long time. (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) So I think having, myself having read the book, devoured it in (laughs) in a very short period of time and then gone back and reread it and reread it and reread it, it's fair to say that the order of the, the myths that you use, is different from what is generally accepted as the myth cycle so what was behind that decision to shift the order about of those stories
2: for me it started draft one was really really supposed to be as accurate as possible and I was sitting down with like a corkboard and a bunch of post-it notes, putting each thing in order. And the problem with trying to keep things that accurate is that somewhere along the line, I had to start sacrificing 100% accuracy for what a modern reader expects from a story. There are even things that um, when you're writing a book, you there are like patterns that you're even expected to do. Like this type of moment will happen at this percent of the book. And knowing that there's that kind of expectation, I knew I was already gonna be pushing the limit, doing like a myth by myth exploration. And I even ended up sacrificing a couple different names and combining different people so that they would have, three people would have one job or the, each of them has a job that they're supposed to be doing in the myths, but I can't afford to have a bunch of people that no one can remember who it is. And mm, so all yeah. of these things get combined for the sake of like the ease of reader. And it was really hard to strike a balance of what was acceptable to, to mix around or what was acceptable to, to mash up because for one person kind of deleting a specific god that has one job is unacceptable where somebody else won't notice and mm. there's really a zero win situation in
1: that case <laughs> it's um, it's interesting to hear you say about the um the sort of patterns that that modern readers expect i I had heard quite some while ago um, uh, there was a, a I, I was listening to a podcast talking about uh, patterns in similar patterns in films you know in in sort of the hollywood blockbusters the 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 tentpole movies the the sort of action uh, action films and things all have this same fairly i don't want to use the word rigid exactly but it's 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 expected it's just it's just it's the shape that modern audiences expect the story to be mm. and if it, a film deviates from from that pattern the audience will leave with a sense that something is not quite right about the the film that it it was a bit too long in the middle or it 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 tapered off at the end or what have you just that it wasn't quite right and it's interesting to hear you say that about books as well i i hadn't realized that was uh, that was a factor in there
2: there's several different like patterns and different names for the different beat sheets and there are um like the common one for movies is the hero's journey, which you can also find in books. But then there's Mm -hmm. like entire novels about like nonfiction books you can read. There's one called Save the Cat and it plans out your whole book for you beat by beat on what's going to happen when and this will happen at 75%. And for me personally, I have gotten so good at knowing what's supposed to happen when that when a movie or a book does surprise me, it becomes a favorite because it's something unexpected, but not everyone feels that
1: way. It has more of an impact on you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think, yeah, that kind of neatly leads me into when I I, I got an advanced reader copy of, of this book, it was very much, oh, this is North myth. This is very familiar to me. And then it was unexpected. And it was beautifully unexpected Mm. and helped me see things very much in a fresh way and helped me very much appreciate angles without giving away spoilers for the book. Cowbell goes here. Okay. (laughs) Um, Without giving away spoilers, it helped me see things very much in a fresh way that I hadn't appreciated before. And that, yeah, that, might be the cause of me rereading it several times.
2: <laughs> so. I mean, that's I think the greatest compliment you can give an an artist of any kind is that you, you, to tell them that they walked away and thought about it. That's most people will see something and then never think about it again. And and I mean, to say you reread it once is mind boggling to me. Let alone more than once. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's. There's been a few rereadings and it's very much, it's a work that I, I keep going back to and I keep, it keeps enabling a very a deeper appreciation of the myth stories and the cycle that I was, you know, I am very, very familiar with and the way those stories are told and the beats in those stories to see them in on almost on different beats, different patterns with different emphasis through a, a different set of eyes is very much like a, almost a theological reflection for me in, in mm. some ways to see the events that I know as recorded or in the myth cycle and then seeing them from a different perspective inside those scenes it suddenly becomes completely fresh and you appreciate it anew again and it, it deepens the existing faith, love for it but also brings Hmm. new aspects into it as well, without giving away any of the spoilers, (laughs) which is so hard right now. I'm trying my best not to give away any of the awesome bits in this book. So where can people order the Goddess of Nothing at all? Where can they order it from? When is it available to them? Uh, Release date, all of that good stuff so they can go and discover this Awesome, awesome work for themselves. Book well, comes out on October 1st. Uh,
2: you can check out a lot of different things on my website, catrector.com, including the first three chapters, and there's a lot of different content for the book there. If anyone's interested in an advanced reader's copy, there's an application form there as well. Um, You can find the book itself for pre-order on either Amazon or you can usually ask any of your local bookstores. It should be available through their market. And even it can be requested from your library system as either a physical or digital copy.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. So, yeah, all you lovely listeners around the virtual campfire, (laughs) get your hands on a copy of this. It's... It's certainly changed the way I looked at things and it's still changing them and I mm-hmm. think that's what I love about how this is written and how the, how the myths, which I am very fond of, it is not unknown for me to say I am very fond of them, but this was a way for me to interact with them in a completely new way mm-hmm. and I very much appreciated that.
2: So happy so, yeah. that you were able to uh, get something out of it. I. The, like I said, the fact that you spent time thinking about it afterwards is amazing. And I'm just thrilled to have been invited onto the podcast. Thank you so much for that.
1: I, I can certainly vouch for the fact that it had an impact on us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think. The, the last question that I want to ask is can I totally ask other plans for a book two please say there's plans for book two
2: there are absolutely plans for a book two I am halfway through the second draft right now um, the second half is fighting me a little bit but it should be out probably within the next year after the the release uh, it's the first book wraps up the myths in general and the second book is, all about healing and grieving and
0: aftermaths cryptic and i totally can't wait for it (laughs) well thank you very much for taking time out of what is probably quite a hectic schedule right now coming up to book release day to come and talk to us here on frithcast and talk to uh, all the lovely listeners that we have around the world thank you very much for maybe sharing one or two little new surprises about where this work is going what's kind of maybe happening with it what's been behind it as well yeah we it's been amazing to be able to spend a little bit of time just talking to you around the virtual campfire with a marshmallow and a cuppa (laughs) and being able to just have a bit of a chat about what maybe a, a bit of a deeper chat about what is underneath the book or what's been the process of of creating it thank
2: you so much for having me i really appreciate all your enthusiasm in the last while and i am very excited to be able to reach out to a new community thank you so much
0: thank you for joining us around the virtual campfire today lovely listeners if you would like to find us online, Kate and I, you can find me, I'm Suzanne Martin, so I'm on Facebook under that name, and I'm also on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans.
1: And if you want to find me, it's a it's only a bit more tricky. I'm usually hanging around in our Discord, which you can find a link to from our Facebook page at fb.com slash frithcastpod. Just mention again, um, Kat, you were saying, while you're sort of still on, on the line, you were saying your website was catrector.com. Yes. Yeah. So, um, as you say, if um, if anybody uh, is is interested in finding out a little bit more and uh, about your your work and what you do, um, that would be a good certainly a good place to start. And did you say there were three chapters available for a, a for a preview? Three chapters on the website. If you go
2: to the book link and just scroll down a little bit, you'll find a bunch of goodies, including those chapters. It'll give you a little sneak peek. Anyone who does pre-order the book gets the first eight chapters. They just have to submit to the link on the website.
1: Wow, fantastic. So oh lots, of, lots of stuff on there then. So go check that out.
0: <laughs> yeah. So lovely listeners, thank you for joining us around the virtual campfire for a very special, very extra episode of Frithcast. And Kate and I will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.